And now for something completely different. Welcome to Shout Out. Out of the closet and into your ears. And live from Lockdown Studios, another edition of Shout Out. This week, the Hadaya 5 and Ramadan. Steph speaks to Rob Kyle about the connections between being queer and spiritual. And we chat with Claire Lowe from Wigan the Box Promotions about virtual drag shows. All coming today, right here on Shout Out. Hello everyone, how are we all? Another week in lockdown. Hello Terry. <laughs> Hello, how are you? I'm good mate, how are you? Good. Yeah, yeah, hey, feeling very hang on a down. minute, Andy, you're calling him Terry. He told me it was Matt Damon. Oh, I, well, I think it was Matt Damon he wanted to just smuggle into his house, really, wasn't it? <laughs> I think he's more Tom Hanks from Castaway. We can't tell because we can't see him. <laughs> Had a radical transformation since you last saw him. I'm looking more like Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> Harold Wilson. Hang on. I, I'm the one with the shaved head. Don't I look more like Wilson? True, true. I didn't want to say it, but yes. <laughs> see, you see, you you all like take the Mickey out of those of us that like shave our heads until you're in lockdown and have to figure out how to cut your own hair. <laughs> yes, it's oh, very true. That. Well, I was going to say it's very long. It's nice and easy for the some of us because we'll just go over it with the with the razor and easy done dusted. We're used to doing it, so yeah. Yeah, much easier. No, no, no dodgy haircuts in lockdown. Hey, changing the subject slightly, it's Lesbian Visibility Week this week. Uh, sorry, it's what? Lesbian Visibility Week. Ah. It's a bit of a tongue twister, that isn't it? It is a bit difficult, isn't it? Actually, yeah, yeah but it's a good, good idea. It is. Um, and we've got some background. Yeah, we have. So um, this week is the world's first ever Lesbian Visibility Week. It's running from Monday um, until Sunday, which is Lesbian Visibility Day. Um, it's a digital initiative being launched by London-based Diva, Diva Media Group to celebrate lesbians and show solidarity with all women on, in our community. Uh, and it builds on Lesbian Visibility Day, which has been observed around the world uh, since 2008. Uh, Diva have said that it's essential that Lesbian Visibility Week is a voice for unity and lifts up all women, especially those who come from marginalised communities. Uh, recent research conducted by the Pride Matters survey shows that lesbian women are almost twice as unlikely to be out in the workplace as gay male colleagues. The media group publisher of Diva magazine kicked off the event on Monday with the publication of the results of the largest piece of research ever conducted into the lives of LGBTQI women and the unveiling of the Visible Lesbians 100 list. Those names to the list were nominated by the public and include UK and US lesbians who are prominent in business, arts and entertainment, sports activism and other sectors growing up it was so rare for me to see lesbian women who were successful accepted and living out and proud glad president and ceo sarah k ellis said in press release glad is supporting the event 
Today, visibility of lesbian women, both transgender and cisgender, still remains strikingly low during this time of global strife and uncertainty. It is so important to celebrate the beautiful diversity of all LGBTQ community and to applaud all women and lesbian women who inspire young women to be proud of themselves and rise up together as women. Stonewall state that the Lesbian Day of Visibility is an important opportunity to celebrate the wonderful diversity in our community as well as a chance to break some of the prevalent stereotypes about what it means to be LGBT and it's crucially giving a platform to strong lesbian role models whose stories make us all feel visible too and that is why this day matters so much. So basically whether you're a lesbian or not take note of all the incredible women who love women. Yes, and uh, thank you, Hans. And um, and every single track in the show tonight is uh, been recorded by a lesbian. Mm. Yeah. That's fantastic. Um, yeah, um, Terry, you got some uh, news as well. Of, well, we um, always like Doctor yeah, Who variety. Yeah, we always like to sort of link things in to what's happening in the science fiction world. Now, we've often spent time discussing the role that science fiction speculative fiction and fantasy has played in shaping LGBTQ people's lives and how it's developed a space where we can be ourselves and give voice to our needs. Well, for fans of the British epic sci-fi serial Doctor Who, there's a lovely gesture this week that reveals that two of the Doctor's best-loved companions went on to enjoy a lesbian relationship. Russell T Davis, who penned Channel 4's groundbreaking drama Queer as Folk in 1999, was a key player in the revival of Doctor Who in 2005 when it triumphantly returned to BBC One after a 16-year break. In the wonderful episode School Reunion, Russell reintroduced Sarah Jane Smith, one of the fans' most beloved companions who had previously accompanied the John Pertwee and Tom Baker incarnations of the Doctor back in the 70s. Sarah Jane then went off to star in a spin-off show for the CBBC station in which she battled enemies old and new. Sadly, the actress behind Sarah Jane Smith, Elizabeth Sladen, passed on nine years ago this week to the distress of sci-fi fans everywhere. Now, Russell T. Davis has penned a podcast to remember Sarah Jane. It reveals that at her funeral, other friends of the Doctor attend, and that among the mourners are a female same-sex couple called Nyssa and Tegan. As the popular gay newswire Pink News says, these names will cause a knowing smile amongst many sci-fi fans. The aristocratic polymath Nyssa of Traken and Bolshe air hostess Tegan Jovanka both met Tom Baker's Doctor in 1981. They witness his regeneration into his fifth incarnation, played by Peter Davison, and accompany him in adventures including the dramatic Earthshock, which saw the revival of the Cybermen, and Snake Dance, which also features a young Martin Clunes. Pink News says that there was even more LGBT representation in the podcast in the form of Sarah Jane's adopted son, Luke, who, went, who by the time of the funeral has come out as gay and happily married to Sanjay for five years. Long-standing fans of the show will also be delighted to learn that among the other female characters that are represented at Sarah Jane's funeral are Joe Grant, played by the madcap Katie Manning, and Dorothy Ace McShane, played by Sophie Aldred. So, Thank you, Terry. Yeah, Thank if you're you. a fan of Doctor well, Who, who would have thought yeah. that Nyssa and Tegan would end up together? Yeah, right. Um, well, a bit like show. Star Trek, really, wasn't it? Because uh, Seven of Nine revealed a certain yes. female love interest. As we covered, yeah, the mm. other week. Yeah, yes. brilliant. I love Seven of Nine. <laughs> she's absolutely fantastic. Everything, she's having a great time. Jer- Jerry Ryan is the name of the yeah. actress, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah, yeah. She's brilliant, yeah. Terry, that spin-off series uh, with Sarah, didn't that have that mechanical dog in it? 
K9, it did, yeah. That's the word. K9. <laughs> <laughs> oh. yeah, yeah, you're showing your age there, but uh, we remember K9 from the late 1970s. Yeah, I think K9 had, a, had another spin-off show in Australia as well, made for ABC. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah, you can buy it on DVD, I think. Because yeah. uh, we haven't had K9 in any of the kind of like modern incarnations over here on UK TV, have we? He, he, he made one guest appearance in, in the school reunion episode we mentioned oh, in that yeah. article, which brought back Sarah Jane Smith. Mm. But, uh, yeah. Wow, blast on fire. Yeah, it was such a shame her passing. Um, yeah, I, I remember really it being announced. Pain. I remember it being announced at the time because she she knew she was ill and she told them she was ill, but she said she wanted to carry on in the character for as long as possible, and she she yeah. did it right the way through till pretty much the end. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, and I also thought um, it was really good to see our current doctor um, doing a kind of. Um, well, playing the part of the Doctor um, as part of a you need to lock down because humans, you know, need, need to be protected. <laughs> yeah. And um, as the Doctor, I know these things, and I thought it was brilliant. I don't I know if you've seen that. it; it's floating around Facebook. Yeah, brilliant. So, yeah. Yeah. all good. Before, yes, Jodie Whittaker's doing a great job. Mm, indeed. So, anyway, a lot coming on the show today. Uh, we'll be talking mm. to Alan a bit later on about um, a special fundraiser he's got going on. They did some amazing mm. work over at Brigstow. Um, great to catch up with him. And uh, JLU are back as well with uh, another podcast. And uh, uh, we've got music especially for Steph. <laughs> yes, indeed. Uh, <laughs> Lots of different tracks. Like, uh, there's a bit of Dusty Springfield coming up towards the end, isn't there? Ooh. There is, yeah. In fact, um, all our tracks, like I said earlier, are all uh, by lesbian artist Leslie Gore from the 60s, yes. Dusty Springfield from the 60s, um, LP, um, up to date, and Hazel Dean. Um, I heard you're going to do a little bit of a cappella there, Steph. Is that, is that <laughs> all right? <laughs> Um, what do you think with a voice like mine? Maybe not. Well, a bit like your face for radio, isn't it? Ooh. That's very true. Very true. Anyway, uh, we'll be back in a sec. Shout out. LGBT radio for you. The Shout Out Podcast. This is Shout Out News on Thursday 23rd of April. Sue Mount Stevens, the Police and Crime Commissioner for the West of England, has written for the independent newspaper B247 about her concerns for people who are locked down at home with an abusive partner or relative during the coronavirus restrictions on public life. Most domestic violence takes place within the heterosexual family unit, although sadly there are also instances of violence which takes place amongst same-sex couples and differently gendered families. Mount Stevens writes, It is more important than ever that we acknowledge domestic abuse is happening behind closed doors, and I want to reassure you that if you are the victim, you do not need to suffer in silence. Being at home shouldn't mean being at risk. Help is out there and will continue to be there after the pandemic. She goes on to say that we all have a role to play in combating domestic violence, and if you think that someone is the victim of such crimes, then it is important to speak up. In addition, B247 has published a list of agencies, helplines and organisations that work in the field of domestic violence and can offer a safe space to talk, psychological support and practical help. 
we would add to Mount Stevens's article that our community needs also to take domestic violence seriously and offer support to our brethren who need to free themselves from abusive partners or acquaintances. So for advice, support and signposting, you can always contact the London Lesbian and Gay Switchboard, also known as LLGS, on 0300 330 0630 and Broken Rainbow, a charity specifically aimed at LGBTQ people facing abuse, which is at 0845 260 5560. With a video blog in The Guardian, journalist Owen Jones has met with LGBTQ people who are making use of the power of the internet to connect, reaffirm their identity and enjoy some light entertaining even when they are isolating. Some people, of course, don't need much company and we are sure that there are many bookish LGBTQ people who are settling down to read history, politics and fiction with their feet up and their cat dozing peacefully at their feet. Oh, doesn't that sound lovely? But for many other people, human contact is vital, including LGBTQ community connections. Young people might be in lockdown with housemates who do not understand their lives or perhaps older people miss their social groups. In this respect, the internet can help. Initiatives such as Queer House Party and Gay Dance Class have emerged to get people involved in regular online meetings to celebrate, talk and listen to music. Many top gay and trans DJs are spinning the proverbial discs and people are logging on. All over the country, LGBTQ people from diverse backgrounds are connecting and using technology of webcams and live streaming to make friends, catch up with old acquaintances and just hang out with people from the tribe. If you're involved with such a project, why not drop us a line and we'll be sure to promote your initiative. Radio enthusiasts have been marking the passing of a man who helped break the BBC's near monopoly of sound broadcasting in the 1960s and who employed some of the first out gay DJs on his influential radio station. Irish music entrepreneur Ronan O'Rahilly, who died in the week at the age of 79, founded Radio Caroline, an unlicensed radio station that broadcast from a ship anchored off the Essex coast in March 1964. Within a couple of years, Caroline had inspired a generation of both offshore and land-based pirate radio stations that commanded audiences of millions and compelled the BBC to launch their own pop network, Radio One. His station continued to be a beacon of the free radio movement across Europe for several generations, despite repeated attempts by the authorities and the bad-tempered North Sea to sink the broadcasts. In the early 1970s, Caroline was anchored off the Dutch coast for a few years, the Dutch being very tolerant of pirate broadcasting stations and numerous ships operating. Tony Allen was the station's, and indeed British radio's, first out gay DJ. And although he was at first reprimanded for doing something as outrageous as being out on the air, this did not deter his camp humour. Other gay DJs to work for Caroline included Andy Archer and the late Graham Gill. In the 80s, Caroline was back on the air again, along with a large number of land pirate stations campaigning for legal community radio. Among them was the anarchist station Our Radio, whose magazine programme Gay Waves was the first attempt at a gay community show in the UK. Also operating was Radio Marilyn, playing the sounds of gay clubland to a London audience. The Labour government of the early noughties saw the legalisation of small-scale and community radio services, including this one. And in 2017, the Caroline organisation was allocated a legal medium-wave channel. For its relaunch, the station chose a historical recording from that first gay DJ, Tony Allen, who had himself passed on in 2004. In Bristol... Here at BCFM, the technician Steve Satan was a Caroline presenter in the late 1980s, and it was an, as an insert into his programme that Shoutout first started way back in June 2010. 
Meanwhile, another rebel station that helped influence our very own Steffi Barnett to get involved in broadcasting has been marking its 60th anniversary. Radio Veronica will be a name familiar to our Dutch listeners. Today, a major commercial network in Holland, it started life at long ago, as long ago as April 1960, transmitting programmes of popular Dutch music from a small ship anchored off the seaside town of The Hague. In the early 70s, our Steffi was a regular listener to Veronica, as well as other pirate radios of the day, such as Radio Norsty and Radio Seagull, all based at the time off the Dutch coast. In 1974, the Dutch government passed anti-pirate radio legislation and Radio Veronica closed, only to re-emerge in the late 70s as part of the Netherlands' official radio services. The Veronica vessel, Nordany, is today in downtown Amsterdam, where it is a nightclub. And where would we be without you, Steffi? For these new stories and more, check out our website at shoutoutradio.lgbt. For Shout Out News, this has been Hans Peregrine and Terry Starr. Shout Out News. National and international LGBT news for you. Shout Out. LGBT Radio for you. The Shout Out Podcast. Right, that, that was LP when we were high. I, like I can't LP. remember the last time, can you, Andrew? <laughs> <laughs> no, don't, don't do that kind of thing. I like LP, though. So, yeah. Uh, what about you, uh, Mr. Allen? No, 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 in fact, don't answer that. Live, live radio and all that. I am going to just smile at what I'm doing right now. So, well, I would say welcome, shout out, but um, uh, I mean, obviously, you're a member of the team. So, w- welcome to like broadcasting with us live because you have been sending us a few things, but I think it's the first time you've actually joined us like properly uh, when we're recording, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And um, I'm really, really happy. And it's so lovely to hear all of your voices because I miss you all. And I just want to get back in that studio with you. Uh, likewise. Um, it, it'll happen. It'll come around, you know. Lockdown's hopefully not going to be forever. So, um, But but you're here today to talk to us about something rather special, aren't you? Are you doing some kind of a fundraiser? Yeah, we are. So I'm here in my Brigstow capacity. And uh, Brigstow is obviously uh, Bristol's HIV um support service and um i'm just here to talk about kind of the issues that we're facing right uh, um and people living with hiv are facing during this time and how we as a service are kind of changing and adapting um and matching the increase in demand for our services that that we've seen cool now i i know we spoke to you uh well you gave us some advice right back at the very start didn't you on um if you're hiv um and you're worried about things to do with the, the covid virus do you just want to very quickly touch on what that advice was in case people missed it of course i will give a quick recap so um beaver which is the british hiv association um they and tht the terence higgins trust have got some guidelines and what the guidelines are saying is that anybody who is living with HIV and is on effective treatment and has a good CD4 count, that the level of white blood cells in our blood is good, then we are at no greater risk of contracting COVID-19 than anybody else. Um, The only time we would say that somebody living with HIV does become vulnerable and then needs to follow the shielding advice from the government, which is to self-isolate for 12 weeks, is if they have a very low CD4, so a CD4 of under 50, or they've had an opportunistic infection within the last 
transplant, so something like a pneumonia. Um, and a lot of people are saying, but I don't know what my CD4 is. And mo the majority of times, if people don't know their CD4, that means that it's usually good because people who have sustained an undetectable viral load for a significant period of time means that their CD4 would not have decreased. Right. I'm assuming the normal rules apply, though. So if you're like a diabetic and uh, or one of the other ones that they're counting as um, putting you at a risk, you should follow that advice as you would do whether you were HIV positive or not. Yes, exactly. So um, we do have some clients that are self-isolating, but that isn't because of their HIV. That's, that's usually because of a, co a comorbidity, like, like you say, they're diabetic or they're in the elderly bracket so they need to stay in cool cool so so tell us a bit more about the fundraiser then what, what, what's happening there so what we've kind of noticed with our services so since our service uh, since the kind of lockdown happened in march in february and march the number of calls that we've received to our main reception number has almost doubled um, oh. and can yeah, and compared to the client, uh, compared to the number of clients we were supporting this time last year, that has also increased by nearly fifteen percent as well. One five, that is. Um, so, living with HIV can already make people feel isolated and anxious about their health. And at this time, with the current climate as it is, and with everything that's happening with coronavirus. Um, that is just exacerbating all of those feelings that they've probably spent a long time trying to um, trying to overcome. Yeah. Um, so what we are noticing as well is a lot of the calls that we are receiving is regarding kind of emotional and well 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 being support. Sorry. Um, so one of our clients are finding it difficult to take their HIV medication and to adhere to that medication because kind of coronavirus and COVID-19 has sent them into this kind of inner mental turmoil and this kind of frenzy where their anxiety has just increased. They're just really struggling to manage day by day. Mm -hmm. um, and then on the flip side of that, well, what we are also knowing, uh, noticing is that with some of our most destitute clients, um, they are... Um, really vulnerable right now um, and they just don't have the right technology in place um, or they need emergency payment so whether that is for food or whether that's a taxi to go and get their medication from the hospital so or the pharmacy so they don't have to take public transport which is obviously an increased risk um, or even if it's to support their even if it's to phone their support worker or to homeschool their children um, they may not even have Wi-Fi. They may not even have a smartphone or any data that kind of gives them access to all of that online resources and support that all of us are having. Um, so we need to kind of adapt to that and we need to kind of match those needs. So we've come up with two things that we're going to do. Um, one is that we're going to set up a befriending telephone service using our existing trained volunteers and they're going to be calling around all of our clients that we've worked with within the last 18 months to ensure that they've got everything that they need right. and, then, um, and then they're going to be doing the well-being phone calls as well so they're going to be having a number of clients that they're going to call once a week and um, just have a chat and a check-in and make sure that they're all okay and everything 
fine with them. And then on the other side, then, we are going to set up a hardship grant scheme where we can make payments and make hardship payments to our most greatest in need clients. So whether that is to give them an emergency payment whilst they're waiting for their universal credit to get accepted and to be paid and they need to get some food or they need to pay a bill or we need to get them a SIM card with some data on it that they have then access to the internet and they can either support their children or they can call their support workers via a video call. Cool, and that's what this fundraiser is for, is it? It's to, to help raise the money to support that? It is, yes. Yeah. So we are applying for some grants at the same time alongside the crowdfunder, but the crowdfunder is going to be able to top that up and to be able to allow us to kind of match our changing needs. So GoFundMe, crowd fundraiser, it's been live probably for about five days at the moment, so it's less than a week. We've got a target of £3,000 and already in five days we've raised over £2,000. So we are well on the way and it's been really, really lovely the support we're having. So it's on GoFundMe.com and if you then just search Brickstow, um, it's the Emergency COVID-19 Fund. And if anybody would like to make a donation, and then you can do so there. Um, but also, if you pop onto our socials, I know and I fully understand that a lot of us right now are experiencing some financial difficulties. So even if you can just pop it a little retweet or pop it a share from our Facebook and our Twitter pages, that will help as well. Cool. Well, listen, it's, it's, it's brilliant to see that you're doing um, something for, um, uh, you know, to, to help support people. Um, you know, it's, a, it's an interesting time, isn't it? It's a, and a challenging time, too. Um, and, and I think it's one that's challenging everybody, but um, uh, every it bit is, helps. Yeah. And although our office is closed, all of our services remain open and all of our staff are working from home. So if you do need any kind of support in any way, please do give us a call um we are here and we are happy to help you cool cool well listen Alad, it's been lovely to catch up with you again um and uh, I'm, I'm, I'm sure given the fact i think we've still got at least a couple more weeks left in lockdown i hope you'll come back and join join us again i really um, hope so i really hope so <laughs> like i miss you all so much and thank you to everyone at bcfm and shout out for continuing to do what you do because you're helping a lot of people just by continuing the talk We'll, we'll get Steph to give you a big hug when she sees you next, won't we? <laughs> <Yay>. <laughs> yeah. Free hugs, Aled, free hugs. Hey, that's what I'm missing the most is hugs. I'm not getting enough hugs in my life. Right so it is It is funny. You do do miss that sense of, like, touchy feeling. I don't know if it's... it's. I, I know, like, traditionally gay people are more touchy-feely because we do just tend to hug a lot more than just shake hands. It's something I, I've noticed, too. I'm missing that kind of interaction with people. So It's just that physical contact. Because I think sometimes a hug tells you a lot more about how a person's feeling than if you were to ask them. Yeah, it's nice. I've done a few shows now. Steph hasn't pinched my bum halfway through, which... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's the bruising healing now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can sit down. Let's put it that way. Okay, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> so, but no, seriously, Ali, it's, it's lovely lovely to hear um, that, that you guys are still going strong too. I, I guess you're all working from home at Brigstow, are you? 
Yeah, we're all working from home. So all of our support services are going. We're all working from home. We're having kind of weekly Zoom calls. Like we spend a lot of time on Zoom right now. Um, and all of our support services are running as well. So our peer mentors who are volunteers, they're yeah. still doing what they're doing over video calls. Our advice and support team are video calling. It's, um, it is great. It's, um, we've had to adapt and challenging like a lot of people yeah um, but i think we've definitely kind of all of the staff um have kind of faced this challenge head on and they're completely surpassing all kinds of expectations so it's a great place to be a part of cool well, it's brilliant like i said it's brilliant to hear you keeping it going well just just once more because we're, we're rapidly running out of time but for the listeners if they do want to get involved in um um give some money is gofundme you said yeah so gofundme.com and then in the search bar on the gofundme website just search brigstow and it's our emergency covid19 fund brilliant cool um well listen uh, i hope it goes well stay in touch um i will i will uh, stay with us. You're listening to Shout Out. We'll be back in a minute. Shout Out. LGBT Radio for you. The Shout Out Podcast. Just like us, for LGBT young people. Hello, and welcome to the monthly Just Like Us podcast discussing what it's like to be LGBT+. I'm Ellie. I'm 23 now. It's been my birthday since last podcast episode. I'm non-binary and bisexual, so I get two of the letters of LGBT+. (laughs) I'm here with my two lovely co-hosts. Yeah, hi, my name is Isaac, and I'm a trans man, and I volunteer for Just Like Us. Hey guys, it's Alba. I'm 22, from London. I'm bisexual. And yeah, I'm a co-host. So what have you guys been up to this month? Well, as this month has been an interesting one, uh, I'm not working, I'm not at uni, so obviously the options have been playing video games, eating, and sleeping, and I have been doing copious amounts of all three. Well, similar to Isaac, I've just been literally staying at home. Well, I'm working from home, so it's a bit preoccupying my time, a bit better, but literally just getting through Netflix and Disney+, Plus. that's literally what I've been doing. Oh yeah, Disney Plus has dropped at just the right time, hasn't it? (laughs) The two things that I'm hearing non-stop about are Disney Plus and Animal Crossing for the Switch. Those two things dropping have taken over the world. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like we should say, just in case anyone's listening to this, not at the time of release, coronavirus means that we're all staying at home and that's why we're all talking about this and like not going outside and everything. You're listening to Just Like Us, the monthly show for LGBT young people. So what are we talking about this week, Arba? Today we're speaking about what it's like to be an LGBT plus person and being at home during this very difficult time. And we've brought Isaac here today, he's one of our co-hosts as well, just to tell us his experience in growing up in an environment that's not necessarily very LGBT accepting. So take us off with it. What's difficult about being in that kind of space? Um, I mean, the difficult part about it is kind of feeling like you have absolutely no control 
whatsoever mm. or feeling like you're under somebody else's thumb and when that's somebody else's family as well it introduces a whole other power dynamic of i i, I don't get to choose when i come and go mm. like i don't get any say over how i'm treated and that at least in my experience when i was still at home was the hardest part and while that wasn't self-isolation and while that wasn't you know me having to be there because nobody can go outside um it mm. was still really really intense and that is why I kind of draw on those experiences that I had to understand how it must feel for LGBT people, LGBT young people in particular, who are in that position now and cannot escape. And obviously their their family aren't leaving the house either, are they? It's difficult for everybody, but especially for those people I have a lot of empathy for. I can really, sure, yeah. yeah, I can really relate to what you're saying. Uh, what really kind of ir- irritates me is like subtle kind of forms of homophobia. It will be like the smirks and, you know, watching something on TV. There may be a gay couple and like the rest of the family completely like lock up and it becomes a very kind of awkward environment to be in. Mm. So I can really relate to what you're saying. It's so many conflicts at once that created so much tension and really, really negatively impacted my mental health. I'm mm. so lucky to be out now, but it's about when you're in that situation, how can I find ways to make life more manageable, to have an easier time, assuming that that time is going to be temporary? You know, it's one of those things where in whatever environment it can still be a struggle. And as you say, it's that importance of finding the positive and finding places of support, ways to make the best of the situation. Mm. In that case, for me at least, I found when it was I was at my worst it was about actually creating that positive for myself rather than like looking for it where it didn't really exist at the time. Like, okay, mm. if, if it seems like nothing's going on, on here that I really like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to buy a new video game or I'm going to make some music, I'm going to write a song, I'm going to do something to just get my head out of the hole that I was in. Mm-hmm. I think you're so right with the creative outlet, especially like I especially found like the creative pursuits, whatever is your vibe, like even if it's like making a cake, like it's different for everyone. Mm. But having that kind of thing where whatever else is going on, you can say, well, I've made something. So something good has come out of whatever my situation is. It's true. I think that's a real way that you can create a positive. Of course. One of the main things that I've just accepted is that I'm not going to be fine with it and I'm not going to be okay all the time. You know, if I ever have like a dip in my mood, it's something that can freak me out because I'm thinking, is this going to lead to me going down a really bad spiral of bad mental health? But actually, right now I'm saying, well, this is a really difficult situation. Obviously, I'm not going to feel happy because I can't do all the things that make me really happy right now. It's okay to be not very happy all the time. It's also important in those moments where you're thinking, okay, I'm, I'm a bit down to reach out to someone because I think this is where it's tempting for me right now to just be like, oh, I'm feeling sad. I don't want to talk to anyone. I just want to like curl up in my room and not see anyone. And bleh. But actually that for me makes it worse. So for me, it's just like that reaching out, especially when I'm not feeling well, like good. I think for me, um, I was diagnosed with like a disorder known as depersonalization, derealization, maybe like seven years ago. At my lowest, I, I was at, I was cooped up at home for like three or four months. I didn't leave the house. So I like developed like almost like a fear of going outside. And so a big issue for me was thinking that I'm going to start getting, you know, my mental health issues back up again. You know, it's going to get worse, you know. So what I started to do was first and foremost, I set myself a routine. So every day waking up at a specific time, going to sleep at a specific time, you know, I I think that's a really great point that for a lot of people staying inside can be associated with like a bad mental health episode mm-hmm. yeah for me as well i think when i was hearing you're gonna have to stay inside all the time 
that's linked in my head to being depressed. And I think you're right is that it's counterbalancing that with positivity things that can make me feel good and make me feel healthy and happy. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. that balance as well. Just Like Us has a really good campaign going at the moment. The hashtag JLU at home is being used for all of our isolation themed content. There's sort of quizzes on the Instagram, recommendations of things that you can watch, things that you can listen to, people sharing their experiences and stories. Like my favourite thing is the little quizzes, to be honest, because like I always get the answers wrong. Same. But, like... You're listening to Just Like Us, the monthly show for LGBT young people. Well, before we clean up and pack up shop, if we all had to give a little signing off message, what would you say? I'd say we're going to get through this, it's going to be okay, and we're going to be stronger because of it. I would say do something silly and fun to pass the time, and don't forget to wash your hands. <laughs> <laughs> I think I would say take care of yourself and give each other two metre distance high fives. Yes, let's do that to ourselves yes. now. Obviously, there's no sound happening. There's no... Let's try and clap okay, at the same let's time. Clap. Three, two, one. I that don't think totally that was the same time. That was awful. Look, we are gay disasters. <laughs> that is who we are. Well, have a fantastic rest of your day, everybody. Thank you very much for listening to the podcast. Have a good month, everybody. Bye, Bye. guys. You've been listening to Just Like Us, the monthly show for LGBT young people. The music was by Twisterium. We come into schools too. Young people, teachers and parents can find us at www.justlikeus.org. For more information about Shoutout Radio, visit us online at shoutoutradio.lgbt. Shoutout. LGBT radio for you. There you go. Another one. Dusty Springfield and uh, I only want to be with you. Which is what I say to Steph all the time, but she doesn't like it really. (laughs) Yeah, 1964. <laughs> My God. No, that's you know, actually all the time. <laughs> I, I was 11 years old when that track came out. Uh, where are you? I wasn't born. Most of us weren't born. No. You, weren't, you weren't even a tadpole. <laughs> I don't know what you mean. I'm an 80s, 90s babe, so, you know. And I'm an 1890s babe. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, we're not that old, Terry. <laughs> Of course, it was covered by the Tourists, I think, Andy H. was, yes. Pop Expert, which was a band featuring um, a very young Annie Lennox. Yes, Mm. Um, and I think David David Stewart as well. Um, I think that's how the Arrhythmics got together, yeah? It was, yes. I like the the Arrhythmics. Oh, Sweet Dreams. Dreams. That was one of my favourites. Amazing. Yeah, what was that? At least 1983. Sweet Dreams. Oh, sorry, I thought you said Wet Dreams. No. <laughs> oh, that's a different kind of show. That's a different I was going to pay show. you a compliment about my sweet dreams then, but I won't now. Sweet dreams are made of these. Who are we yeah. to disagree? Yeah. Yes. Oh. 1983. Nice. Wow, was it 1983, God? It was, yes. I was five. And, like, Annie is an icon. She should have been gained already. Can I just say that now? Oh, totally. I yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. everything she's done yeah. for queer people, HIV, AIDS, mm. women, like, she's just lech. Yeah, yeah. Involved, yeah. In- involved in stuff way back in the 80s, wasn't she? You know, when mm. it was not fashionable to do yeah. so, wasn't it? She, and she, like, yeah, and she even now, even now, like, she still continues to, like, be a champion. Mm. She's... Mm. Yeah. Wasn't she on one of the massive floats during the Olympics here in London as well? She was. She sang Little yep. Bird on the closing ceremony, yeah. which is a tune. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
teenage. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever covered that Alad on one of your shows as Miss Beaver? Uh, no, because I idolise Annie too much to murder her. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so, um, so no, like, like I always like to say that a lot of like gays, we have our own divas. Like you got your Beyonce gays, your Gaga gays, your like um, your. Uh, Stevie Nicks gays, like everybody has their own kind of diva that they go to and I think probably for me, Annie, quite often I have a Annie gaze. I would have thought Miss I, I would have thought Miss Beaver is a diva herself, surely. Well, she's getting that way. <laughs> <laughs> so has she been out much since lockdown? Because I know there's been some drag things going on. We were talking last week about virtual drag. Yeah, no, um, she's in full hibernation, so she had quite a busy winter, so... A winter. A winter. <laughs> a winter. So, um, so, yeah, my beaver was busy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, she's, uh, she's in lockdown, uh, so, uh, yeah. And I, at this moment, I just don't think that she wants to come out. I think just let it... You know, I Might she be a bit time. too inappropriate for the way things are at the moment? Is this what you're trying to tell us? No, not really, but like a lot of the queens that are doing it, the queens, the kings and the performers, they're doing it because they get tipped and um, they are getting some form of an income from doing online shows. And I have my day job and right. I'm getting paid my full wage, so I'm not going to take up that space. Yeah. Where Which I is actually very, very nice of you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and like, I don't need to do an online show and to be tipped because I still have my full monthly wage. I'm full salaried. I haven't been furloughed. I don't need any of that. And leave it to the girls and the guys and everybody else on in our community, whoever they are, to do that. If that's their form of income, let them do that and let them reap the rewards of it. And yeah. I don't need to. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah, I mean, it is. A, it is we talked about it. It is a hard time for everyone. So, um, but um, you know, fingers crossed, it'll be over soon. I did notice today they're doing. Um, uh, they're actually starting trials of vaccines. Uh, so, f- fingers crossed that goes quite well. So, yeah, fingers crossed. Because, um, like I said, I mean. Steph's not pinching my bum every show anymore. It's, you know, <laughs> you get to a point, you start to miss it. I don't know what's going on. You're getting a bit obsessed with that, aren't you, Andy? <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen any of you in ages. Like, yeah. I think me and Alid are two of the most tactile people in Shout Out. So when we all get together, it's basically going to be me and Alid hugging for the entire show whilst also doing recordings. What, each other? <laughs> or are you going to come hug all of us? Oh, I'll hug you as well oh good you know we are are literally gonna look like a kangaroo we are because one of us will be permanently carrying the other one i'll just be in your couch alan it's fine (laughs) you can reside in my couch for as long as you want i'm so looking forward to it it's a date (laughs) Uh, anyway that is it though uh time once again has beaten us Thanks so much for all our partner stations and contributors, and especially BCFM, who we call home. Uh, we'll be back next week with more LGBT plus stories and news. You can catch up on past shows at shoutoutradio.lgbt. Uh, but until next time, from myself and the rest of the queue, early voices in hibernation, Miss Beaver, say bye-bye, everyone. Bye! bye.
shout out. LGBT Radio for you.